Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we're going to talk about what did Jesus really mean when he said love your enemies? Mm-hmm. And and what does that look like? That's, that's the question, right? Yeah, yeah. So today we're going to talk about that and uh, and some other things and see what we can figure out and how we are supposed to treat our neighbors through this process of the love-hate relationship that we've been labeled with. Yeah, Satan fans <laughs> the flames of division in our world today like never before. Like never before. So, hey, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we will get started. I am your host, John Westfall, and this is my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget, the Duke Meister. Brother, if you'll open us. Let's pray. Father, make this time profitable. Uh, Give us clarification by your Holy Spirit to just be empty of self, full of Jesus, and then live Christ out before our world. Uh, Give us grace. Help us to learn. Help us to be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So when we're we're looking at this, and I I know I threw this out to you uh, pre-kidney stones. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we got some... Painful things behind us, don't oh, we, John? Oh, my goodness. So when we when we look at this, and you know, everybody's like, oh, you need to love other people, and that's not too loving of you, and so on and so forth. I thought, you know what? What does it mean to love your enemy or to love the world? Because the reality is in Scripture, uh, spiritually speaking, the world is our enemy. I think we need to clarify what is love and what is our enemy. So our enemy is anything that goes against scripture or goes against God because that's God's enemy. And if we're, if we're God's children and we're to be like Christ, then anything that goes against scripture, I believe is our enemy. I I'll sign on to that. Okay. Right now now love. Right. Yep. Amen. What does love look like? All right. I'm, I'm going to give you the end of the podcast and we're going to start from there right. and work through it. So we'll start at the, at the end and work our way back. <clears throat> love your enemy. You know, as we look through this, and you're going to see scripturally as, as we unfold this, love your enemy is never accepting their moral behavior if it goes against the scriptures. Mm-hmm. It is being kind to them. It is sharing truth with them. Yeah. That verse pops in my mind, am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? The world would take biblical truth today and label yeah. it hate speech. Yes. And say, you're not loving them, and yet yeah. in, in God's eyes— at the highest level, we're loving people. Absolutely. Because people are going to meet God one day, and the Bible is going to be um, opened. People are going to give account thereof. And so if we're warning people, that is the highest form of love, yeah. and yet this world says that's hate. That's hate. And now, and think about this. For God so loved the world, right, the world's people, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that whosoever should believe in him should have uh, life. The interesting part about that is God loved the world so much that he gave them opportunity to get to heaven. Mm-hmm. Okay. But in order to get to heaven, you have to believe in Jesus Christ, which means you have to believe what Jesus says. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you look at the world, and, and all these movements that are going in and the different lifestyles and so on and so forth, they say, oh, no, being a Christian, you're not loving if, if you don't accept us for who we are. But even God doesn't accept you who, for who you are. Except you repent, you're going to perish. Except for you repent. And, and people say, uh, like the homosexuals say, well, I was born this way. Well, okay, let's just pretend you were born that way just for a minute. The Bible says you must be born again to get to heaven. So even if you're born that way, you still have to be born again. Like no matter what, you know, I was born this way, but I still had to be born again. You were born that way, but you had to be born again. So even if you look at it, and of course that's out of context of, of this, and clearly, but for sake of argument, even if you are born homosexual, you have to be born again. And what does that look like? Then that looks like you have to receive Christ as your savior and you have to believe every word of the Bible that's being born again. But then when you, when you do that, you find out you weren't born homosexual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The scriptures will change your mind on that. People have to learn the difference between how I feel and what truth is because my feelings that's are not my, they want to, they want to be my boss. But when my feelings are my boss, uh, I don't have a good day. Uh, I, don't, right. 
I don't need, I, I need to deny When Jesus said, deny yourself that he doesn't want our emotions to be our boss. They're right. to be our servant. Yeah. Because, and the truth is your emotions go all over the place, man. You ever watch a movie? One minute you're crying. Next minute you're laughing. Next minute you're crying. Now you're mad. Then you're sad. Then you're crying. Then yeah. you're laughing. By the time the movie's over, you've been on a roller coaster of emotions and you're exhausted. And in everyday life, we have a spiritual enemy as a roaring lion walked about seeking who may me devour. And he can throw uh, circumstances for us. He can throw emotions uh, into us that uh, cause us to uh, not do so well. Well, he wants to take you on the same roller coaster ride yeah, as yeah. the movie. Yeah. And, and it just is so unsettling. So as we look at this, to understand loving your enemy does not mean accepting their moral behavior. What it means is that we be kind to them, that we would do things that as they see you as an enemy, they would never do for you. We are to do for them. And, and we're going to look at that because the scriptures lay it out, Old Testament and New Testament. So hang in there through this whole uh, thing, and you're going, to, you're going to see scripturally it legit lays out what we are to do. Yeah, you pulled something from the law just a moment ago, and you are going to bring it into the thing, which I read it 148 times and missed it every time. Isn't it crazy? I can't wait for your, the audience to, to hear what you got to say here. So here we go. We're going to, we're going to look at this. Uh, Matthew, uh, we're going to start out with Matthew 5, 43 through 44. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Okay, that was like the Pharisees' way of telling the Jews. It's kind of the way how that things roll in the world. It's the, yeah, because the Pharisees are like the world. They, yeah, in the kingdom of darkness, that's how we roll. Yeah, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. And Jesus says this, but I say to you, love your enemies and bless those but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. This is laid out of what we're to do. Now, if Jesus tells us to do something, he will respectfully tell us how to do it or what it looks like. And he'll model it for us. And he'll model it. Yeah. People say, well, Jesus had dinner with sinners. And you know what? I have dinner with sinners all the time. Yeah, that's why we're here. Reach them. Yeah, and, and I'm gracious and kind to them, and they're gracious and kind to me. There's no problems with that. What I'm respectful, no no problems with that. So so what does it look like? You know, because, hey, look, it's easy to love our friends, and it's easy to love people who treat you nicely and who treat you respectfully, and now we got to love our enemies. <clears throat> and you brought this up, and many of you who listen to the podcast on a regular basis, you you know the story about the lady at Subway who I bought lunch for, and she flipped out and went off, uh, just kind of went off on me and didn't appreciate anything. And, and my response to you was, I am not going to allow someone else's ungodliness to dictate my godliness. Yeah, I'm not going to be controlled by other people. Eyes on the Lord, hands on the plow, do the right thing no matter what other people do. It's easy to say it. Right. But you were on the hot spot that day because uh, when she went off on you, you hadn't, you had already told those people, I'm planning on paying for her bill. Just tell her she's covered. And uh, then she went off on you and you hadn't actually paid the bill yet. You could have backed out real easy. I could have. I would have uh, not been offended if, <laughs> if you had backed off. But, uh, but, but Jesus was in control, not the Duke Meister, which it, is good. Yeah. And you know, so here's the, here's the thing is all the ladies that work at Subway where we were, where we got the sandwich, they know I'm a pastor. And uh, it wasn't at that point, it wasn't for the lady I purchased it for anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Others were watching. Others were watching. Yeah. And, and so uh, well, we went back in a couple of weeks ago and that topic came up with those girls Yeah, and us, uh, so we talked about it again and the girls marveled, you know, you know, she attacked you and you still bought her lunch. Yeah. That was an impression, but you know, it was just a, it was a, it was a glimmer of Jesus yeah. through you in front of them but specifically to her. And she kind of identified you as an enemy. You made me uncomfortable. It's like, yeah, I tried to pay your bill and I kind of slipped around and, but you didn't treat her yeah. the way she treated you. So that was a test for you, Johnny. I think, and I think, was. I think that is what it looks like to love your enemy. Well, it made you emotional. It made me emotional yeah. watching, you know, you know, the, the, the guy in the, you didn't know what you. to do. Like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not for punching girls, but she deserves it. About three of them. <laughs> Nothing happened. I kept my big mouth yeah, shut. That was yeah. a miracle. But those girls were watching, and they were so impressed. And they brought it back up to us just a couple of weeks ago. We were in yeah. again, and they brought it up. But see, that's that's what Christianity is. It's it's the Bible Jesus, 
the the yeah. Son of God coming to live inside of us to take the place of what we are and to be Himself in us, be Himself through us. And then we look in a world that, that despises Him, hates Him, rejects Him, and He steps up through us, loves our enemy. And, and you know, here's the thing: He paid for our lunch, if you will, our way to heaven. And even though everyone treated him the way that woman treated me and worse to him, oh, far he worse. never, he never pulled back his offer. Yeah. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. One of the things I want to point out here is in this verse where it says, but I say to you, love your enemies of Matthew five forty four, and It has to do with a moral love, right? Uh, versus the personal affection, love part of it. So when you look at this, this word in the Greek, it's a moral, it has to do with your, your moral uh, or morals of love. So when we love our enemies, it's literally a compassionate outgoing of desire for another's good. That, that's what love your enemy means, that, that you're going to have this compassionate desire for that person's ultimate good. That's to love your enemy. If we do it any other way, if we if we love them by saying, "Oh, you, God made you that way," you you know you stay that way. Well, now we're telling a lie because the scriptures clearly say that, and we're not loving our enemy; we're condoning their sin. Yeah, we kind of become a false prophet at that uh, moment, and 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 we're and we're teaching them lies and deceit. Yeah, yeah, of the, of of the devil. So when we look at the word "love your enemy," literally, it is a moral love and a compassion uh, and desire for their ultimate good. And so we have to have that for them. And that's what Jesus was when it says in John three sixteen that for God so loved the world, the world or the people, that's what he had. He had this moral uh, passion, uh, compassion and desire for our ultimate good. Then when we become children of his, now this is that agape love that is uh, goes even deeper and where it talks about that personal affection love, right? Because now we're family. Mm-hmm. And and prior to, to to human beings surrendering to Christ and believing on him as your Lord and Savior, uh, you we, God just gives us this moral love that, hey, I want you to have this so you can have eternal life. Then when we become children, we have this perfect, affectionate love from God. Mm-hmm. This is a part of our calling. I think we have to face with like, oh no, this guy's a jerk. And I, I think we have to look at this in, in the big picture. He's given it to us. Eternal life will never perish. We get new bodies one day. He's coming. We go home. We're just here for such a short period of time. We have to have the, the biblical worldview on, on, on this thing and, and, and the big picture rather than just, uh, you know, I'm driving down the road and this guy, he's an idiot. He's driving too slow. He flips me off and whatever. We, we just got to get the big picture. You know, there's, there's two kinds of people in the world, people who know God and are ready mm-hmm. for eternity. And there's people who do not know God and, uh, and people who do not know God, their behaviors are probably not going to be all that great. And we're called to, yeah. to love them. And the thing that comes to my, comes to my mind here is, uh, the Romans were occupying the territory of Israel. And so when, you know, young Jesus went to town in Jerusalem, wherever you'd see Roman centurions and the Romans by law had the right to go upon a, a Jewish citizen and just say, Hey, here's my pack, carry it a mile. That was law. I know. And then what did Jesus say? He said, carry it two, carry it two miles. That's loving your enemy. Yeah. But you know, God commended his love. Yeah. It had, us. listen, it had nothing to do with appreciating the person that made you carry the pack. It had everything to show, I'll take care of you beyond what you ask. It, it goes beyond the personality. Absolutely. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Beyond the personality. Well, he was, he was rowdy or he, 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 he was negative or he was demanding of me. Nothing. That has nothing right. to do with it. Right. We have our eyes off the centurion. We have our eyes off the Roman soldier and we say, we have our eyes on the Lord. And, yep. okay, this is a this is a tough situation. Uh, you know, I love those little bracelets we said, what would Jesus say? What would Jesus do? You know, in that moment, when you ask that question, the Holy Spirit instantly will tell you mm-hmm. to, okay, pay for the girl's lunch anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though she's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, carry, okay, carry the soldier uh, a mile. Don't say yeah. anything. Just when you get to the end of the mile, he's expecting you to put it down. Just say, hey, you know, I'll be glad to do this another mile. Right. And he, you're freaking him out now. God is now using you as an instrument of grace to and again, grace to them. And again, it's not approving of the person's behavior. It is just doing for that person 
what is not normal of the world. Yeah, that took the words right out of my mouth. You have the worldly response, what everybody expects, but we're not in this. We're in the world, but we're not, not of, the, of world the world anymore. We're quickened. We're made yep. alive by the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> One of the fruits of uh, the Spirit is love, love, yep. joy, peace. Long, and so the fruit of the Spirit is there, ever present with us. <clears throat> Usually, it's you, the one having a little <clears throat> um, <clears throat> toad in the throat. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm praising Jesus. I don't have that right now. <laughs> but these are the opportunities. Instead, oh no, this guy's. These are our our opportunities right. to live in that that God zone uh, kind and, of. And to show that there's something different inside of us, and that's Jesus. Which actually brings me to the next point: is loving your enemies starts on the inside, and and the only way that can happen, and and we literally get two examples of that, right? So first. If we're going to display uh, what is uh, outwardly, what's inward, there has to be something d- different, and that different is Jesus. Now, Jesus does this thing on the cross, right? In Luke twenty three thirty four, they have just persecuted him. They've hung him on the cross, uh, yeah, right? Beaten him. And then in verse 34, he says, Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Thank you, Lord. And the people continue on with their sin and they divided his garments and cast lots and they, people were looking on him and they're mocking him. I mean, it just goes on and on, but after they continue the insults, after he said that father, forgive, they know what they do, but they don't let up. They don't let up. So that, I think that's somewhere for a Christian. We need to expect that in this world, we're going to have tribulation and it's not going to let up. Amen. The devil's not going to let up. Mm -hmm. But when we have an awareness of Christ is in me, the battle is the Lord's. Yeah. It's not me against this person. It's Christ in me for that person. Okay, they're mistreating me, therefore they're my enemy, whatever. But I just try to look upon people as lost people, and I don't really try to consider them as my enemy. No, but because if we use that <laughs> word, that's divisive words, even though the scriptures use that term. But if we use the scriptures terms, because you know everybody's like, "Oh, the Bible's all love." I'm telling you what, there's a lot of there's a lot of throat punches in the Bible. Yeah. Like when you read it, behold the goodness and the severity mm-hmm. of the Lord. New Testament book of Romans. Yes, but these I, I just view this as a as really kind of a fun thing from day to day. I, I get up in the morning, I commit myself to Christ because without Him I can't do anything. Right. I'm going into a day where I'm going to have some divine encounters. I think God. The steps of good men are ordered by the Lord. I'm going to meet somebody at the sub shop. I'm going to meet somebody uh, at, at the market. I'm going to meet somebody. Yeah, and how uh, are you going to handle that? Yeah, and uh, there's a good chance it's not going to be favorable uh, towards me, right. especially once they find out what I stand for, you know. So yeah. these are divine opportunities instead of uh, obligations. Oh, no, i got to be nice to this person. Yeah. <laughs> like my little granddaughters uh, love each other to death, but they fight all the right. time. Tell your sister you're sorry. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I don't mean <laughs> any of it. it. <laughs> yeah. One of the things is if we're going to love our enemies, it starts on the inside of us. We see it with Jesus that literally we have to be transformed by the love of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. And that can only happen once you receive Christ as your Savior. Then we see it, you know, because people say, oh, well, that was Jesus. He was hanging on the cross. Yeah, well, we also see Stephen, who was a martyr, a man just like us, right, a human being, in Acts 6, 8. It says, and Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Stephen, a regular guy, but what made him different was he was full of faith and power. Then we get to Acts 7, 59 and 60. So they wanted Stephen, and by the way, Saul, who is now Paul, they wanted Saul, or he was there. He was holding their jackets watching them persecute the He Christians. was the Jewish authority uh, allowing this martyrdom to, to actually happen. He had the authority from the Jewish Sanhedrin court that he could have said, now back off, mm-hmm. but he didn't. No, so he ordered it. He later said that the blood of Stephen was on my hands. Mm-hmm. So yeah he, yeah, he ordered it. And, and so what happened is these guys wanted Stephen to approve of their sin. Yeah. Just what you said earlier, if you lit about loving your enemies, doesn't mean that we approve of their sin. 
Stephen's whole sermon there, which is about, I think, 50 verses or so, mm-hmm. he walks them through. Israel always made the same mistake. God shows up. They don't recognize it. They kill the they kill the good guy. They kill- <laughs> <laughs> and so now they're hating Stephen. The good loving- guy. Yeah, they're hating the good guy, mm-hmm. and they're going to kill him because what really angered them is he told them the truth. truth. And they didn't understand that truth, that right. what was God's love coming from Stephen through them, they interpreted it as hate. Right. Well, and remember James, uh, the brother of Jesus, when he was martyred. If you read in the Fox's Book of Martyrs, and you read about James, he was. they, they said that uh, they called him, and they called him Camel Knees. Because he always prayed and his knees were like the camel's knees, uh, all callous because he prayed so much. So they call him in and they want him to bless their mess, their sinful desires and stuff they wanted to do. And they wanted him to say a prayer over them that would give his blessing, call God onto their bless, uh, to bless their mess. And James starts to pray, only he's praying with, forgive them, right? Like they're, they're doing bad. They're making bad decisions and he would not bless them. They got so angry with him. They started beating him with clubs. And then on the final blow that killed him was they took this massive stone and dropped it on his chest and it crushed his uh, rib cage, sternum area. And that was ultimately what killed him. But it was the same thing as Stephen here, you know, as they wanted... They, and, and listen, James prayed for them. Stephen prays for the people, but he never blesses their mess. Yeah. And that's what they want. And that's what they want. They want, accept me and tell, tell me that you approve of what I'm doing and your God approves of what I'm doing, and then we'll get along just fine. But if you don't accept my moral behavior, you hate me. Yeah. They would call, uh, what, they would call God's love as hate and God's and God's hate is love. Absolutely. It's just backwards. It is. But we also say it'll be backwards in the end times, but we'll know that. Right. Mm-hmm. So when we see this, here's Stephen. Uh, now that you're all caught up on James and Stephen, right? Uh, Acts seven fifty nine says, and they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Same prayer as Jesus, isn't it? It was. And of course here, since Stephen is a Christian, Christians can't die. We fall asleep because we live forever. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you read in the scriptures of someone that loves Jesus falling asleep, it just means that they, the body died, but they don't because they live forever. Yeah, yeah, they go to a great place. Yes. Absent from the body. Present with the Lord, right? So why was Stephen able to do this? Well, we find in Acts 6, 8, Stephen was full of faith and power, and he did great signs among the people. And because he did great signs, that's why they wanted him to bless them. That's why they called on him to approve of their mess, and he wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't do it. And they called on James, and James wouldn't do it. They called his love, giving him the truth, telling him how to go to heaven, have everlasting life. They took his love and they called it hate and they killed him for yep. it. And and we know, we know that he loved them because right before Stephen dies, he says, do not charge them with this sin. Watch this, Johnny. It's the spiritual principles. Saul of Tarsus, going to be the apostle Paul is watching. He, yeah. he, he saw Stephen <laughs> bless those who were cursing him. He saw Stephen praying for those who were killing him. I just think in just in a smaller sense at the sub shop, you blessed that woman and she cursed you and uh, people were watching. Saul was watching that he approved of this. He's the guy that basically ultimately legally made this happen. Right. And he, he saw that man die the same way Jesus died. And he, he knew that he knew that he knew that Stephen had something that uh, and the Jewish religion didn't give me. And we know that he never forgot that moment because like you he, said, he kept bringing it up. He over, kept bringing it up. Over Stephen's over blood is on my hands. It became part of his, his testimony and he shared it all over the world. Yep. If it didn't stick with him, he wouldn't keep bringing it up. You know, in today's world, a lot of people say, well, he had power. Why didn't he just escape? Mm-hmm. 
Stephen's brought more people to faith in Christ by his death than he would have if he had lived another 25 years. Right. Because everybody that knows the scriptures knows Stephen. And they don't really know him as the deacon because who can name any of those other deacons? Right. We know him because he died. Yeah, sometimes it's in death that we God uses us to bring most glory for him. I know the Alka Indians killed uh, five missionaries with new tribes, uh, Nate Saint and uh, some of those other guys there, Jim Elliott. People say, oh, they wasted their lives. They, <laughs> you know, they, they flew in, they're on the sandbar, and they, they get killed. And yet God used their death more than their life. And, and uh, Jim Elliott's grandson went in to that tribe that killed their, their, um, his grandpa. I think it was his son. His, his son, son went was his in. son went in. His son went in yeah. to the tribe that killed his daddy. Mm-hmm. And because and he found out it was the chief that actually did the killing. And, and, but he didn't know until after he won the chief to the Lord, most of the tribe to the Lord. And then he's sharing with them. This guy gets the chief gets saved. They grow. He disciples them like a few years go on. And then he says, I have to tell you, I'm the guy that killed your daddy. I killed your daddy. Dude, that (laughs) big leagues, ain't it? But it's the same thing as we see here. Yeah. People are watching this. There's the natural way things are done in this world. And then there's a supernatural way. And that's what Jesus was talking about. Pray for those that despitefully love your enemies. What does that look like? Just like you say, it shows kindness to them. Well, that also takes us to the next step, which is be the first to forgive. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we just, if someone's done us wrong, we forgive them. That's, the world typically doesn't forgive. Just automatic. Yes. It's just to be automatic. Uh, Matthew five forty six and 47. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet your brethren only, what do you do? What do you do more than others? Do not even tax collectors do the uh, do so. Therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Why? Because you're going to love others that don't love you. You're going to forgive those who seem unforgivable or treat you with unforgiveness. And when you do that, that is true salt and light because now you're truly showing yourself separate from the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Forgiveness is not an emotion. Forgiveness is a decision, it's, you know, and, and look at Stephen. That was total forgiveness. Forgive yeah. them for they don't know what they're doing. I've already forgiven them. I'm asking you to do the same yeah. literally is what Stephen did. He, I think Stephen just because he was filled with the spirit, just had a sense of destiny that, okay, this crowd's not listening to me. Uh, I'm giving them truth. They're getting angry instead of searching the scriptures. Uh, he could feel that sense. He didn't back off. Right. He didn't back off a bit. Uh, and he could have. Yep. But he but, never did. But he never no did. No compromise. And here's the thing. What <clears throat> most people don't realize, too, on forgiveness, and we're going to do one on, one day on forgiveness, uh, a podcast, but forgiveness is not for that person. The forgiveness that you extend out is for you. It's when you forgive those who have hurt you, when you forgive those who have attacked you, when you forgive those who actually hate you because you won't accept their behavior, but you'll accept them. Listen, that forgiveness frees you. I, I, I never take it personal when someone attacks me and calls me hateful and, you know, all these words, bigot and racist and everything else, because I, I realize, first off, it's not in them to forgive because that comes from the Holy Spirit and it's not in them to love because that comes from God. God first loved us and showed us what love was. Without him, we wouldn't know. It's not in them. And so when we look at all this, it's not a personal thing for me if someone doesn't extend that to me. Yeah. that This forgiveness is to free me, not them. We got it. We give it. Yep. So I want, I'm going to go to another point here, which is actually going to bring us back to the beginning of where we started on this podcast. And that is, uh, what does it look like to love your enemy? Like if we had to put feet to it and these are the scriptures, it is literally to respond with kindness. That's what it is. It's to respond with kindness. If we look in Exodus 23, four through five, and and when I say Exodus, so we're in Exodus, that's old Testament. And then we're going to go to Romans. That's new Testament. And there's other scriptures in between, but I, I just gave a few, uh, today, but there's many more if you research them out. If we look at Exodus 23, 4 and 5, 
If you meet your enemy's ox or his donkey going astray, you shall surely bring it back to him again. Kindness. That's kindness, right? It's my enemy. We could say, oh, forget that person, man. Not my responsibility. Why didn't he have it on a leash? How'd it get loose, you know? Sucks to be them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm out of here. I'm busy. I'm going to the ball game, man. Right, yeah. I ain't got time for this I got hot dogs to eat, man. I don't have time for this. Guy's yeah, an idiot. I don't yeah. care about his. What a, what a jerk, man. Yeah, he, he deserves, deserves that. It, yeah. yeah, the rest of them need to be Somebody else free. might come around and help him. It ain't going to be me. <laughs> it ain't me. That's not what, <laughs> that's what And then this Jesus guy comes and lives inside of us. And you're like, crap, oh, i got to go get man, the donkey. You know, I'm going <laughs> to miss that first two innings of the game, you know? Right? That And that's literally what it comes down to. I'm going to miss. I'm going to have to. Am I going to show kindness? Am I going to be willing to sacrifice right, for somebody a little bit? Right. Am I going to love my enemy? And that's literally what it looks like. If you meet your enemy's ox or donkey, not your neighbor or a family member, but your enemy's ox going astray, you shall surely bring it back to him again. Verse 5. If you see the donkey of one who hates you. Your enemy. <laughs> yep. Yeah, in case you didn't get enemy the first time, <laughs> he gives it to him. says, I think I need to put that in there twice because this is, they're going to skip right <laughs> yeah, over this. Yeah. Uh, twice because their name's not Peter, but they're close. Because uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Peter's three times on everything. So he says, if you see the donkey of one who hates you lying under its burden and you would refrain from helping it, you shall surely help him with it. You know, I've always equated, you know, love your enemies. New Testament, Jesus said it. I read that 148 times in my last year of the Bible. Yeah. And I never saw that before, probably because I didn't want to. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the whole thing. You know, most times we don't love my enemy. I'm I'm sorry, but there's no way. Like, there's one guy that I, I can't stand. I legit, he's evil to the core. And God sometimes puts those very people in your life to test us. The re- the reason I really don't like him is because, first off, he's just evil. Second, he keeps attacking a widow lady in my church, and it's his neighbor, her neighbor. She's like, Pastor, what should I do? And I go, you need to send him a track. That way, your hand is not guilty of his blood. He will have had the opportunity to know that Jesus died for him. That's number one. And then we pray for him after that. And, and I did. I legitimately prayed for him. I pray for those who despitefully use you. But after about year two, two and a half, and he's still being just relentless with her, then I started praying David's prayer, King David's prayer. Lord, kill my enemies. <laughs> <laughs> I read through uh, Psalms a few days ago, and there's a lot of praying that uh, heads roll. Yeah, yeah. And, evil, and that's, evil heads roll. And that's what I'm saying. And, yeah. and here's my prayer. Lord, if, if he's never going to receive you as, as receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then take him out. Just kill him. And people are like, oh, that's not, you know, you shouldn't pray that we pray for salvation. Lord, if he's never going to receive Jesus as Savior, kill him. Yeah. I prayed for his yeah. salvation. Yeah, don't let don't let somebody continue hurting other people. It, it you drives know, me nuts. If people tell me I'm dumb, ugly, and my mother dresses me funny, I'll yeah. sign on to that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. Whatever. But when, when somebody starts attacking somebody I love, now thou, I really need Jesus. Because right. there's a guy that lives inside of me that wants to take out evil people. You know, I'm the guy that wants to mug the mugger, you know. Right. And I, I don't really feel called to that, but that's my human desire. Mm-hmm. And so I have to walk in the spirit so I don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. But I think God protects us uh, from a whole lot of stuff that the enemy would probably want to throw at us. Uh, we have angels in charge over us, which I think is, is really neat. But God does allow uh, these events to come mm-hmm. in Stephen's life. And it was the big event. I mean, that, that was, was his true. last that event. Was, that was, that was right. And yet, though he's dead, he yet lived. Sorry, dude. That was, <laughs> it was so big, it was his last event. Yeah, the big event, you know. The main big. event. Right. Fighting out of this corner. <laughs> wearing, the, wearing the deacon trunks. <laughs> Steven, get up. <laughs> he's representing the all-time undefeated champion yeah. of love. Amen. The Don't deacon forget who's trunks. inside of us. <laughs> <laughs> you okay, Johnny? The deacon he just had oxy, oxycodone for his, uh, <sighs> I don't know if that has wore off yet or not. I don't know, but dude, I'm telling you this. So for all those that even care, I passed my kidney stone at 3 a.m. this morning. 
And uh, man, after three days of unbelievable pain, my my man, the Duke Meister, brings me over some oxy and says, "Hey, this will help get you through." I said, that pain started coming on and it was working its way up into my stomach again. And I was like, nah, I can't do this three nights in a row. I took one of them and I was like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so who's your favorite friend, Johnny? I love Dookie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Now, would I give, would I have taken the oxy over to somebody that despitefully used me? That, I don't know if oh, I passed that test. Wow. There's a question. That, you know, I'm under conviction here. You're easy to love, but, uh, that's a question, you know, but you know, I'd like to think that, that, uh, yeah, because if your enemy is like, Oh, I had this kidney stone. You'd be like, sucks to be you. <laughs> I know what that feels like. Let me know how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus is taking some oxys. Right. Well, you know, so here's the thing we get, we get into five verse five and it says, if you see the donkey of one who hates you lying under its burden and you would refrain from helping it, you shall surely help him with it. It goes on all the way to verse nine, where this starts clearly describing loving your enemy and the reasons why and what it looks like six you shall not pervert the judgment of your poor in his dispute keep yourself far from a false matter do not kill the innocent and righteous for i will not justify the wicked so we are to be different we are to stand above everyone else because god does not justify nor does he bless the wicked So because of who is in us, Jesus, we're able to carry this out. Then he goes on and says this in verse eight, and you shall take no bribe for a bribe blinds the discerning and perverts the words of the righteous. Listen, you know what? Don't convince yourself of any other reason than to help someone, because here's what it does. It blinds the discerning and it perverts the words of God. Right? It can get really complicated or it can get really simple. It get real simple. And then we finish up with nine. Also, you shall not oppress a stranger. That stranger literally goes back to the enemy or the one that hates you. You shall not oppress a stranger for you know the heart of a stranger for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. And what he's really saying here, he's obviously talking to the Jews and talking about Egypt, and he's talking about how Egyptians hated the Jews, and they know that, and they said, listen, don't oppress that stranger because you know what it's like to be oppressed by someone who hates you, so don't be that hateful person. I remember when I was under sin and under God's condemnation, and at the time, I didn't even realize I was under God's condemnation. But, but, but God so loved me that he gave his son for me. And that while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me and people, especially the girl Jeannie who brought me to Christ, uh, I treated her really bad. She had every reason to hate me, but she didn't. She, she kind of did the father forgive Duke mm -hmm. for he knows what he does with me. And even when you look back now. You're fulfilling, you understand uh, verse 9 in Exodus 23, 9. You understand that you're not going to oppress the ones who don't know Jesus Christ. They're the stranger, right? Uh, Because you know the heart of a stranger because you were lost. You were one. That's right. You were one. You were lost at at some point. You know, look, I'm not going to sit here and hate on people who don't know any better because I was one that didn't know any better. And so when we look at these passages, we are seeing what it means to love your enemy. And literally, we are going to be kind to them. Romans 12, 17. This also is another way. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. No so, vengeance. No vengeance. Yeah, real simple, <clears throat> isn't it? Yeah, so not only are we going to be kind, which is, which is on purpose acts of serving, someone who doesn't deserve our serving. We're going to do it anyway, so we'll look different than the world. Now, we're not going to have vengeance. We're not going to repay evil for evil. And then we look in Romans 12, 20 through 21. It gives an even clearer explanation of what that looks like. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. Again, here we go with acts of kindness not accepting their behavior. behavior. Went from the Old Testament law to the person of Jesus. Now we're in the epistles. It's the same message. 
So in 20 says, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink for in, in doing so you will heap coals of fire on his head. In other words, they'll feel bad for the way they've treated you because they realize you're different than the world. Mm -hmm. And then in 21, it goes back to what I did at Subway, if you will. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And so, again, in everything that we see here, loving our enemy or those who oppose us has nothing to do with accepting their behavior and lifestyle. It has everything to do with don't act like them, treat them with good kindness and having compassion on them and having their good be your ultimate goal. Kind of sums up the golden rule, doesn't it? Really Doing to others as you would have and others do unto you. Absolutely. So what would some examples look like of loving your enemy? How about if you're going to go out to lunch and you say, you ask that person, hey, uh, I'm going out to lunch. Would you like anything for lunch? And then buy the lunch for them. Wow. Why, why would you do that? Well, because, man, you're, you're my neighbor. I would do that. If you see somebody in the light of how God sees people, created in his image, um, the likeness of God, kind of crowning glory of creation. And when we begin to see people, no matter, not by their behavior, mm -hmm. but just see them as creations of God, there's people that are in light who treat you well. There's people in darkness that might treat you bad. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter, light or dark, they're, they're human beings in the eyes of God, and he, he loves people. If I'm going to give or not give or be kind or not kind or vengeful or not vengeful based on their behavior, then I'm missing it. Right. That's the human right. level. That's and the, God that's wants the to, world. That, and now that God wants yep. to bring us up yep. to the divine level. That we, we're partakers <laughs> of the divine nature. And Christ sitting on the throne of my heart will always respond in accordance with the law. Mm -hmm. He fulfilled the law then. He fulfills the law now. Mm -hmm. Uh, living in me, and then you know, am I like, oh, I don't want to say that, guys? And then God says, this, these are your opportunities. Right. I love to blow people's minds. You know, you blew the, you blew that that gal's mind, and it, she's got to live with that. And how you know, she, how I wonder she if she looks at that like Paul looked at Stephen. I mean, not to the level of the, the depth, but I wonder if she sets back and goes now and goes, wow, I was a jerk to that guy who was just trying to be nice to me. You know, you never know. So check this out. How about this one for an example? This is this one I put in here so that no one was without excuse <laughs> <laughs> to be kind, right? Because some people are like, oh, I'm not going to go up to that person. How about this? When your enemy's birthday comes around, give them a real birthday card signed by you with a happy birthday. Hope you have the best day ever and give them the card. Oh, my they got something now to look at every day to remind them of your goodness <laughs> and your kindness, right? And all of a sudden, and it's not a dig in their face. It's, it's, it's a card. It's like, hey, happy birthday. Uh, man, hope you have a great day. And not an email, but an actual real card. Uh, do you know how far that would go in someone's life? Yeah. And I, I mean, I can't get you to hate me. I'm trying hard. <laughs> right? What, what is it you've got? You know, that really, that's how I came to Christ. I cursed Jeannie. Literally, I cursed her. And she blessed me. And I... Uh, what do you do with that? You don't feel like cursing him again. Right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And so that, and that's what happens. So then here's the other way. One way is obviously forgive. The second is to respond with kindness. The third is to pray for those who persecute you. Romans 5, 43 and 44. Uh, especially in 44, I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you and do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. And if you notice in every one of these, none of them say, except their behavior, every one of them says, be different than what they are. Yeah. Treat them with respect and kindness. Treat them with kindness. That's yeah. it. You know, something that jumps off off the page to my heart right now as I'm just looking at this verse is, you know, we think, well, that's one and done. God said, no, it's not done. You pray for him now. Mm -hmm. The event happened in the past. The prayer is in the present. Yes. And that word pray, if you look it up, is a continual action. Mm -hmm. It's continual. Great point. So here's the deal, guys. In Romans 12, 18, 
If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. As much as it is possible, depends on you, right? So guys, be kind. Don't be hateful. And if someone wants you to agree with their lifestyle because that's their definition of love, then you still be kind because we have to live out God's definition of love your enemy. And, and I'm not calling them their enemy because they, we don't agree. It's just simply if they disagree with you and you agree with the scriptures, then they become the enemy because they don't agree with God. Yeah, that's, I'd like to put it this way, enemy of truth said it, my enemy. Yeah, it's, that's, that's a great point. Because I, I don't want to have the emotional, I don't want them to be in control. I forgive right. them right. because I don't want them to be in control. Yeah. And I realize this is a divine encounter. God used the same kind of thing to bring me to Christ. Now he's putting me in a position to uh, love my enemy. To love your enemy the way Christ says to love your enemy uh, is going to take some thought and a lot of work and a whole lot of dependence on the Holy Spirit. And I say that because that's what I, that's what's required of yeah. me. Without to divine me. help. Uh, yeah. The, fall, the fallen nature will attack back. Oh, well, so, and here's the thing. My, my nature, I'm a fighter, man. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, I hate to say that, but, but that's, that's like who I am. You know, my, my first response is, is not to be a bully by any means, but, um, like that guy I was telling you, he called me out. He was calling me a bunch of names because I was mowing the widow's grass. And, and his response was, why do you have to be so nice? <laughs> That's literally what he yelled at me, right? Yeah. And I said, because I'm not a jerk like you. <laughs> that was my response. I didn't say I was perfect in this podcast. I just said, this is what we need to practice. We're in the battle. We're in the battle. I'm working we're on trying. it. Right? Yeah, we're trying to do right. And he was like, so then he proceeded to call me a bunch of names. And then he said that he was going to kick my butt. Only not so nice, right? And so then I said, well, why don't you come on over here and get all you think you can handle, son? <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> I kept calling him son. He kept running. I'm like, come on, son, quit talking and just come on over and get some. Right. And then he kept talking and I'm like, uh, and, and he's like, oh, you won't get off the mower. I turned the mower off. Right. Cause I've exceeded my ability to be kind at the moment. Cause I wasn't in the spirit. I get it. I repented later. And, and so I turned the mower off and I'm like, come on, you're walking the wrong direction. If you want some of this, come on over and get it. He kept walking away. That's not how we treat our enemies. Um, had he come over though, I would have fulfilled God, the angels stirred him away. Johnny, <laughs> that was probably more for my protection in the outcome than his, you know what I'm saying? Um, Lord, I'd be glad to execute vengeance for you. I was like, dude. And he was like, I called the police. I said, well, if you come over here, you better call an ambulance too. Cause you're going to need it. <laughs> Oh, help us, Jesus. So that, listen, I am being just as honest and upfront with you because it takes a lot of effort. Now, he walked I, away, and, of course, I went back to mowing my lawn because he wasn't coming over, and I couldn't go after him because it was all being recorded, and it looked like I started it. Um, uh, but, but the whole idea is uh, that wasn't loving my enemy, and, uh, but I did notice that he noticed, why are you such a nice guy? And then, it, then, it, then attacked it. Deteriorated a little bit. <laughs> yeah. He's a nice guy, but he's not a scaredy cat. It went down right. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? I'm like, and here's the crazy thing. I'm like, because he's bigger than me. He's, he's like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, and he's got me by 50 pounds. And I'm like, dude, why are you walking away? Come on. And, and then I'm like, Lord. I Adrenaline can be wrong. an equalizer, amen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that an experience. I don't know which, but anyway, <laughs> but you're just fleshing out the battle that we're all in. Yeah. And, uh, they're heightened circumstance because it just wasn't him against you. It's, right. it's your, you're looking out for the widow. Well, and this is three years of abuse from him yeah, that yeah. I finally, even every time I, every time I would see him, he would yell profanities at me, cuss me out, get in my face and so on and so forth. And it just came to a head that day. That's all after three years of it, you know, and, um, and, and your frustration against evil grows. Obviously guys, that was wrong. You don't act like I did. And, and, you know, I mean, I'm putting myself out there because I'm not, 
uh, you know, I'm not perfect by any means, obviously. Well, widow got served, and he found out preachers don't have to be wimps. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> nobody got hurt. And nobody got hurt, although he did call state trooper. Four troopers showed up. I pull up. I shut the mower off. I'm like, hey, guys. And he and they said, uh, uh, you know why we're here? I go, yeah, the jerk down the road called you. And they go, well, you hit him with the mower. He told him I hit him with the law with the with the mower. Oh, wow. And I have a I have a big old zero turn, twelve hundred pound zero turn. And I was like, oh, I didn't hit him with the mower. Well, that's what he said. He's got blood running down his leg. I said that sucker cut himself. Because <laughs> I never I never touched him. So at any rate, now he's gonna take me to court because he filed he filed charges against me for hitting him with the mower and and it's all on video. I never touched him. It's unbelievable, dude. Unbelievable. Welcome to the battle. So, Satan doesn't like you, Johnny. I know. <laughs> it's so funny, dude. Your, I, uh, your good works, uh, other people see your good works, and then uh, they want to attack you for it. Mowing the, the widow's lawn or... Uh, buying someone lunch. Buying someone's lunch. You know, yeah. just, I think the devil's after you, dude. Well, here's the deal, guys. It's going to take some thought, and it's going to take some work to be like Christ and to love our enemies the way we're supposed to do it. The Spirit of God is working in us in ways that will cause us to react in a godly way. If we choose not to respond to the Lord's move, then obviously we do it man's way, which is what I did that day, and that's not right either. But there has to be a time when we understand our actions may never change the way people treat us. And, you know, I mean, after all, they did nail Jesus to the cross and they stoned Stephen. But here's what we have to do. Our conscience has to be clear and our love for God has to be first and foremost. And when we do it God's way, we'll always love our enemy no matter what that looks like, even if we don't get it in return. Because we have to remember, at the end of the day, we do what we do because we love God, not because we hate our enemy. Guys, I hope that this has helped you. And if it has, please like, share, subscribe, follow. And when you come across a neighbor that is Satan's spawn, just smile and wave and go on with cutting your grass. <laughs> Do not respond. Learn learn from <laughs> Learn from John. that's right. Learn from my mistakes. And if nothing else, guys, understand this. To love your enemy, as Jesus says to, is not to accept their moral behavior but to have the desire to have the best outcome for their life. If we treat them that way, all will be good no matter what they think of us. Right. Until next time, God bless. Bye.